Here at the Missouri Department of Economic Development, we want to hear from you, our listeners. We want to know what topics you're interested in hearing more about. So if you have questions or comments, email them to ded.communications at ded.mo.gov. Let us know what topics you're interested in and the questions associated with those topics. You can also comment directly on this episode on SoundCloud and wherever else podcasts are found. Hello and welcome to Inside EcoDevo, an economic development podcast helping Missourians prosper. On this episode, we're talking about the strategy and performance division here within the department. And sitting down with us to help with the discussion is Paul Eisenstein, the director of strategy and performance division. Paul, welcome. Thanks for sitting down with us. Before we get into the topic of the strategy and performance division, if you could just give us a little bit of background on yourself. How did you come to be the director for strategy and performance? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, Eric, thanks for having me here today. And also, thank you for doing this podcast. I, it's it's a real service to Missouri and all of our economic development stakeholders to get a deeper dive look at uh, the Department of Economic Development from all sorts of perspectives, from regional engagement to broadband to other federal initiatives and, and our, our workforce efforts. So anyways, thank you for Thank you for doing this podcast. I appreciate it. If anybody gleans anything about the work of Department of Economic Development, uh, then we have done our job. Sure. So ho- hopefully people are enjoying it. Absolutely. So to get your question. So I, uh, I started my career in the nonprofit sector and uh, was really enjoying it. But then in fall of 2008, if you recall, the economy was really crashing. The financial services market was really coming down. And very quickly, uh, people started losing their jobs and unemployment rate went up to, you know, north of 10% pretty quickly after the fall of 2008. And I remember thinking to myself, man, I I just feel helpless. Uh, I wish there was something I could do. And so I think I knew at that point that I wanted to eventually get into the economic development space. So I ended up getting my uh, master's of business administration over at Washington University in St. Louis, worked a few years, about four years in the private sector, and then came to the Department of Economic Development or DED in 2017. Took on a few roles there. Um, I played a key role in as a project manager in the Best in Midwest effort starting in 2018. When the strategy and performance division was uh, was created in 2019, I became the deputy director for that division. And then um, when Director Coast moved on to the director role of our entire agency, I became our division director in uh, 2021. So before we get into like speaking about the strategy and performance division. And I think instead of us trying to to say that over and over and over again, uh, the way we refer to it in-house is just SMP. So sure. maybe just for the listeners, we, we can go that route. Uh, but before we get into SMP, what it is and what they do, if we could talk about the Best in Midwest initiative, because I know that kind of revamped the department. And as you just mentioned, it kind of gave birth to this division. So could you just talk about that initiative a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So we started looking at how Missouri's economic development efforts compared to our other states around us, the Midwestern states around 2018. This was our prior director, Rob Dixon. When we dug into the data, we found that Missouri had by far the largest, least focused economic development agency in the Midwest. And it's not like we we're performing that well. Our job facilitation investment numbers weren't really up to snuff with some of our peers like Tennessee, Indiana, Ohio, Michigan. So what we did was we, we looked further into it. It really resulted in let's how do we become a more focused economic development agency where we can focus on business development, community development, workforce development, tourism. And uh, Governor Parson in 2019 issued a series of executive orders really calling for the reorg of the department. And what that did was it sent some divisions that obviously very important to the state, but it moved them to agencies outside of DED, which allowed DED to really focus on the core activities of economic development. 
Okay. And then what was the kind of thought process of forming the strategy and performance division? Yeah. So that was in executive order three in 2019. Really the focus is we need to, it had been a while since we'd looked at our strategy before Best in Midwest. I think one thing that Best in Midwest really highlighted was that, you know, we need to think about our state's economic development strategy. We can't just let it lapse for seven, eight, nine, 10 years. And so the goal for the strategy performance division is all around making sure that we've got long, we've got a kind of a long-term planning aspect that we're looking at regularly, also using data to drive decisions. And so it's that long-term planning and, and driving data that really spurred the strategy and performance division to start. Okay. Well, let's dive more into SMP. Yeah. Uh, we kind of touched on kind of a little bit what it does and, and, and all that, but if we can really get into it of what it is and what does that division do for the department? First off, we serve, first and foremost, our sister programs and, and divisions around DED, some external stakeholders as well. So we serve uh, the regional engagement team, the folks out in the field, our colleagues over in the business community solutions division. Um, they're running the incentive programs, our Missouri One Start colleagues, and others around the state. We serve others. We do quite a bit. So everything from economic research. So let's say local communities trying to figure out if they've got the workforce needed to land a particular business. Uh, we'll help do a labor analysis. We do economic research. We also, if there's a project that's being considered, whether it's a, a business development project or maybe it's a redevelopment project, we'll conduct an economic impact analysis to look at if this project goes through with the jobs and investment that's expected, what is the return to the state in terms of follow-on effects or multipliers with the economic impact? And then what kind of return can be expected as well? And what that does is it really shows the relative efficiency of an investment and helps decision makers think about to what level should the state be supporting this project. We also do a lot around just data support and helping programs build dashboards so they can better understand their operations. How well are they are their programs running or maybe how quickly are they turning around projects or grant applications, that sort of thing. Uh, we do a lot, a lot around uh, operational excellence, which I can go into further, but a lot of times that's project management or uh, continuous improvement efforts. We've got a, a legislative component where we communicate what we're doing with the General Assembly. And then, of course, uh, the communications team is a really important part of strategy and performance. That's just making sure that we communicate to our internal and external customers across the state about the great work we're doing at DED. Yeah, so a lot of support effort going yes. on for the division so our, our teams can can be more uh, accurate, is, is that yeah. the right way to say, uh, about their jobs? And Eric, sorry, I forgot one thing. So we also have a couple of subject matter experts on our team in two areas. So we've got uh, military affairs, and that's really focused on you know our defense communities as well as defense industries and also veterans separating from service. So we've got the Office of the Military Advocate. We also have the Missouri Women's Council, really focused on women's in business as well as incarcerated women who are considering uh, going back to the workforce. Yeah, I'm glad you kind of lined out all the different kind of aspects and areas that that we provide support because it seems to me, and I could be wrong here, but SMP kind of seems like the most diverse division because we. You know, like you just mentioned, we have a military advocate, mm-hmm. we have legislative liaison, we have women's counsel, we have data and research. Does that diversity, is that, does it lend itself to the efforts that we put forth to help our teams do what they do? Yeah, I think so. We've got a fantastic team with really a varied background. So our, our division uh, deputy director, Kayla Kukulhan, she's got a fantastic systems administration background, project management. She spent 10 years in a leadership role at the Department of Revenue. We've got Jeff Pinkerton. He's our economist and director of economic research. Ryan Stoffer's got over 10 years working with the legislature. 
we've got our military advocate, Harry Roberts, we've got great private sector background uh, advocating on behalf of the military communities and defense businesses and veterans. We've got Kellyanne Coates, who does fantastic work uh, working with incarcerated women, helping them find their next steps as they, as they transition out of, of the, uh, the prison system. We've got others uh, like Amy Brenzen on the comms team, and uh, we've just got tremendous uh, abilities kind of in, in media support communications. And you may not know this, but we've got great video capabilities as well. So I think to answer your question, yeah, we've got a very diverse team and it's a diverse team of leaders who have really strong skill sets that really, I think, go far and wide. I kind of want to take a little bit of a step back onto something you were saying uh, earlier in relation to the economic impact analyses. Yeah, um, I don't know a whole lot about that. So it kind of piqued my interest. Sure. Can you go into into that a bit, kind of how do you guys form that? What's You kind of mentioned the use for it, but it, it seems like that's kind of a very useful tool that we use to kind of as, assist our teams in what they do. Yeah, absolutely. So we use an input-output model when there's a project opportunity. So let's say there's a manufacturing a project who's considering expanding in Missouri. We'll want to know if there are going to be uh, incentives uh, from the state of Missouri to land these jobs. And let's say there's 100 jobs that are possible with this project, maybe $100 million worth of investment before our business development team really says, hey, here's the amount of incentives we want to offer this company, we will run an input-output model to really understand what's the effect going to be of these jobs, of the investment on the state of Missouri. So we'll run that model and it'll show what the economic output will look like. We'll also uh, estimate the amount of taxable returns that can go back to the state as well. I'm going to kind of take a little bit of a step back to go forward in this sure. question. Uh, you had name dropped Jeff, which we had previously recorded a, a data episode, which will be coming out after this one. But um, one of the things I had asked him in here, and I think it's kind of pertinent to this question too, is gathering that data. It seems like it's, you know, there's a lot of different sources out there. There's a lot of different ways to interpret the data. Uh, and not having any real data yeah. experience myself, I'm always kind of curious, like, how do you take that information and translate it in a meaningful way that it's actually useful? Well, I think in terms of the economic impact and trying to communicate what that is, I think you've got to be pretty structured with it and make sure that the business partners we're working with. So, for example, if we're talking about a manufacturing opportunity coming to Missouri, we'll want to work with the business development team to understand what are the expected jobs? What, where will this project be? What's the industry? And if we know that information, we can estimate based on certain conditions, this is what the impact to the state will be. All of that's part of strategic planning, which is yeah. the division's kind of core, I guess. Mm -hmm. Can you go into a little bit more about what that process looks like? Yeah. It's got to be very flexible. So yeah. I, before we talk about what is strategic planning, which I think is a good question, I think why is strategic planning necessary? And really, I think it starts with like the world is changing. The economy changes. There are macro events that occur, such as a global pandemic, or maybe uh, there's changes in national security interests that actually affect the economy right here in Missouri. And so it's important that we're aware of how the world is changing, how the economy is changing, and how business leaders and communities are reacting to that. And so uh, strategic planning, strategic management is important just just because the world has changed, we have to decide how we're going to react to it. So the way I think about strategic planning, so it must be flexible, but I think kind of at a very sort of simple approach, it's strategic planning is really being very thoughtful about how you approach the most important issues facing your organization. And I think that being thoughtful is, is really important because once you decide 
this is the most important thing that we're going to focus on, that becomes a strategic issue. So simply, uh, strategy is about taking a very thoughtful approach to the most important issues facing your organization. And I really think there's four main components of that. Number one, it's, it's deciding what are your most important issues? What are the most essential issues that your organization needs to focus on? And that organization might be DED or it might be a division such as business community solutions or it might be regional engagement. But what's the most important things that you need to focus on? Those are your strategic issues. Once you've decided what those are, you need to research them and you need to research them from all, from all angles. And that might be looking at the data. What do the, was the economic data say? It also might be doing more of a qualitative approach and what do our team members feel or what do, what do uh, stakeholders out in the community feel about this issue or, or, or know about this issue? Once you do that, it's, it's about stakeholder engagement and discussion. You want to decide on your issue. What are you going to focus on? You need to research it and, then, and have discussions with stakeholders. And once you do that, then you act. And I think those are really the components around, around strategic planning. And, and that's, those are going to differ uh, depending on your audience. If we're talking about strategic planning for DED as a whole, it's different than if we're just focused on uh, strategic planning for our division at Strategy and Performance or for supporting our colleagues at BCS or, or regional engagement as well. Okay, great. So with that in mind, what are some strategic initiatives that we're currently working on? Yeah, We've got a number. So throughout the course of the summer, we went through a series of retreats, really with the goal of understanding what do our team members and our, and our leaders at DED feel like are the most important initiatives that we need to tackle in the coming year. We went through a process that started in June of this, of this past year in 2022. And, and over the course of the summer, we thought about, you know, what are the policy ideas that we need to consider? What are the budget ideas? And what are the strategic initiatives that we need to go through? And then our leadership team working with uh, Director Coast, we really uh, narrowed it down to six initiatives that we're focused on for the year. Um, I'll talk about two today. So one of them is Project Tomorrow. Project Tomorrow is really focused on integrating our systems at DED. We've got dozens of, of systems that our incentive and grant programs operate off of. Some of them talk, many do not. And so there's a ton of inefficiency for team members who have to kind of work through these programs, through these various systems and translate them. And what that the effect is it can be slower turnaround times than we'd want and expect to get back to our customers. So Project Tomorrow is going to work on integrating those systems. And this is a long, longer term project, but we want to integrate those systems so that we can improve our turnaround times, improve our accuracy. And frankly, it's going to be a better experience for our team members who are processing these grants, processing these incentives. So that's really important. Another initiative that we're working on is we're going to be conducting research to update our comprehensive economic development strategy, or SEDS. I think a couple of things are, are pretty important here. We need to update the SEDS in order so that uh, local communities can access federal funding. You know, we also want to update our SEDS because the world is changing. We want to make sure that Missouri as a state is really aware of where we want to go from an economic development perspective. And I think the really important thing to know with the SEDS is we're starting off understanding what our regions are doing. So there's 19 regional planning commissions in Missouri. Many of those have their own regional plans. So the first thing we're going to do is really understand uh, what those regions are doing. And then um, we're going to use this research process to integrate them, see where our regions want to go, and then we'll have more discussion with them You know, after this first research phase. And you had mentioned earlier, I know this is maybe adjacent to mm -hmm. strategic initiatives and whatnot, but we have operational excellence. You yeah. had mentioned it up top. Can you talk a little bit about operational excellence? What is that? What is its purpose? Yeah, I think operational excellence is really about improving performance. And it's about giving people the tools to improve performance on their team. So our group, 
Uh, we don't operate programs typically. We actually just support the people who do. So a lot of what we do is focus on helping team members improve their project management skills. This could be just helping them to define the problem they're looking to solve or maybe how to set milestones that are achievable for their project. Uh, we do a lot around continuous improvement and helping improve processes and kind of taking the waste out of processes. A lot of times in government, as programs age, sometimes there's new programs that go on top or new new processes, and then there turns out being a lot of waste that kind of costs a lot of time and frustration for folks. So we help through continuous improvement, cutting out that waste. And also we do a lot around data literacy, uh, helping program leaders and divisions organize and visualize their data so they can uh, see, for example, how much production that their team has on a, on a grant program. And it gives these uh, team leaders visibility to their program results in a way where they can make decisions that improve it. And sometimes, for example, they might find that there might be a couple people on their team shouldering the majority of the load. Well, if they can see on a daily basis how much each person on their team is producing or maybe the load is falling on too, mu- too many people, they can, they can even it out a bit. Kind of the data management, the dashboards, that's definitely part of operational excellence too. And that kind of sounds like something that would have been, and I'm sure you guys were using it mm-hmm. during the pandemic yes. when we were all working from home for a point in time. And I'm sure it came, was vital. In yeah. that. Can you talk about operational excellence in coordination with the pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. And um, Eric, can I say we were partners in crime on this one back in, so I think we can all remember how scary the pandemic was in, in, in March, 2020, and the economy uh, w- was shutting down and just unemployment was, was through the roof. And then in summer 2020, Governor Parson said, we've got to do something. Uh, we've got to support our small businesses, our family-owned farms, nonprofits. We just to make sure that we're able to, to support our key uh, organizations and our communities. So DED was asked to lead what was called the CARES Act, and that was using federal funds to help, again, these small businesses, nonprofits, family-owned farms, and others as well. This was a challenge. Our typical customer at DED is a typically a larger larger company or maybe a larger larger community um, could be a small community but we were now dealing with small business owners bar owners people who own retail shops who've never really worked with with the government and uh, we were trying to stand up a program to help them and so what we had to do was really just pause on everything we were doing and just line out the process okay how are we going to interact with these customers these family owned farms these you know retail business owners how are we going to kind of take in information from them and then make sure that they're qualified and make sure that they're eligible and then get the money out to them as quickly as possible because that's what the program is for. After doing the process mapping, there was a lot of different work we all had to do together. We had every morning we had a call, we had a customer care team, and uh, we'd work really closely with these uh, these customers that we'd never worked with before. Another thing that we did was early on, we didn't really have much visibility on how fast things were moving in the process to get money out to these uh, small businesses, farms, and, and nonprofits. And so what we did was we uh, created these dashboards that we'd update every morning to see how many applications do we process per day. And not only do we know how many applications we process per day, we were able to say, we were able to look at every reviewer on our team to see how many they were processing. And we didn't do it for punitive reasons, say, well, you didn't process enough today. We just wanted to understand where the hiccups were so that we could get the money out to where to the small businesses, farms, and nonprofits where it needed to go as quickly as possible. So really proud at the end of the CARES Act, we ended up getting uh, over $73 million out to over 1,200 businesses, farms, nonprofits, and others. And then going from the CARES Act yep. into a, the American Rescue Plan Act, which I've probably, probably not the right way to say this, but I've been kind of thinking of it as CARES Act 2.0, sure. kind of. And I'm sure strategic planning has uh, a hand in those ARPA program rollouts. 
And I kind of want to take this in two different steps. Uh, one, the kind of lessons learned from CARES Act into ARPA, and then what we're currently doing uh, with ARPA, supporting the rollout of the programs that we have. Yeah, Eric, to answer your first question about lessons learned, oh my gosh, so many lessons learned. I think the main one is sometimes you have to you have to go slow to go fast. And early on in the CARES Act, we were trying to support all these businesses in need as quickly as we could. And then we ended up moving much slower because our processes weren't ready and we couldn't handle it. The main learning is is really to think through what we're doing and then line out all the steps, get the team ready, get the team trained so everyone knows what they need to do when they're reviewing applications or working with customers, and then you go fast. And I think we've been able to do that for the most part with uh, with ARPA. So again, ARPA today is December 27th, 2022. A year ago, there was no federal initiatives team. We did not have team members exclusively working on ARPA. So this is a brand new effort at DED. So Governor Person and uh, the General Assembly said, we want to use the American Rescue Plan Act funds towards economic and community development. So over, and, and, you know, part of that being broadband development. And so over $500 million in funds was set aside for this effort. Over the last year, we've had to build programs from scratch. These, again, we've had, we have to, we knew we'd, we'd be investing hundreds of millions of dollars into Missouri communities, and we have to do it the right way with the safety checks and getting it to the right businesses, really the right communities that, that need this. We've worked really closely with the federal initiatives teams and Chad Berner, who's the director of federal, federal initiatives. Uh, we started off just with planning efforts. So what are the staffing needs? And let's think through strategically, you know, do we need grant specialists? What do we need on communication support or maybe finance support? that sort of thing. So we started there, but then we went through what does the management infrastructure look like? What do the rhythms look like? How do we make sure everyone is in the loop as new people get hired to support the ARPA rollout? What does the management infrastructure look like? We also supported the federal initiatives team with process mapping and it's monotonous, but just step-by-step, what's it going to take from to get from a community or an organization hearing about an opportunity to applying for funding, to us reviewing their application among hundreds of others to deciding which applications are scored high enough to receive funding and then getting the funds out the door. So for every single ARPA program, those processes have been mapped. And that's really been the federal initiatives team, but the strategy and performance team has assisted with this. So we focused on that. Um, We also uh, partnered with the federal initiative team on focus groups and stakeholder engagement, uh, customers surveys to really get their feedback on program guidelines. And so we've assisted there, of course, on, on the dashboards and just making sure that every single ARPA program knows exactly to the day how many organizations have applied for funding, where are they in progress, how are our reviewers doing, and when are the funds going to get out the door. I should also mention that just the communications uh, has been really important. I think that's another lesson from CARES Act was we didn't communicate clearly enough, but I think our communications team has just done a phenomenal job of communicating often and early. There's monthly stakeholder check-in calls for the broadband group, also for the federal initiatives and ARPA grants overall. Every week there's a newsletter that goes out that keeps everyone up to date on where things are. I think the, the communications aspect is probably the most important improvement that we've had is just the, the frequent, clear communication. And again, strategy and performance isn't, aren't the ones doing this. We, we depend on our, our colleagues and federal initiatives in other places, but I think we bring some expertise to the table to help make it a little bit smoother. Sounds like a a lot going on between the Project Tomorrow and the other uh, strategic initiative that you mentioned and all the work going on, uh, not just from strategy and performance, but all of DED for ARPA. 
And this question it might have already been answered with the two strategic initiatives that you had mentioned that we're working on, but what does the future, so to speak, hold for SMP and the work going forward beyond uh, what we've talked about? What's next? I'll start with, we've got a lot on our plate right now. And so I think the most important thing we can do is execute well on the existing programs we have. So we've talked a lot about ARPA. We've talked a lot about broadband. Um, we haven't really talked about business community solutions and the really important programs for communities, whether that's community development block grants, or redevelopment. So I think for for S&P and strategy performance, really, I think we've just got to focus on making sure the rollouts go well, making sure Missouri communities get what they need. I think making sure that we've got an ear to our communities, making sure they're getting what they need, but not being unaware of the external environment that's going on. One important development is uh, this CHIPS Act. And uh, we know that the semiconductor industry really was developed in the United States. Uh, it's thanks to the innovation uh, that's made possible here in, in the USA. But the vast majority of really the, the most advanced semiconductor chips are no longer produced in the United States. That's a security threat. And so, you know, one thing we need to look at is are there opportunities uh, for Missouri to really kind of leverage our strengths in the space and increase. So that's, that's an example of just being aware of what's going on in the external environment and making sure that we're part of the conversation uh, with our colleagues at DED, as well as external partners as well. And this might be a, a question for uh, Lori with regional engagement, which we've previously did a episode on. What does the landscape for Missouri look like when it comes to chips? Do we have what we need to kind of bring those businesses here? I know one thing, and I don't know if this equates to the chips or not, uh, but it sounds, for, you know, from what she pitched, Missouri's got a lot of great things going for it. One thing we're kind of lacking is mega sites. I don't know if that deals with chips or not, but from your perspective or knowledge, where does Missouri sit on on that? I think we've got a lot of strengths in the space. So I think that's something we've got to look into more. And so I think that's that's a really important thing we need to do. Before I ask my last question that wraps up everything, I'll just open the floor to you. Uh, is there anything regarding strategy and performance or data and research that we haven't talked about that would be pertinent for listeners to know? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's worth noting that it's a pretty amazing time to be part of the DED team. And I think it's related to operational excellence in that we've never at DED had a group of team members who are so motivated and engaged. So we do this quarterly pulse survey once every three months. Our scores for uh, motivated team members and belief in leadership have never, ever been this high. So I think that's a testament to our leadership from Director Coast, also just team members across DED. We've got really a motivated and engaged group, and so it's an exciting time to be here. Okay. Anything off the top of your head that you would, I mean, you just cited a Director Coast, but anything that you can think of that attributes to the increase of positivity and, and whatnot? Yeah, I think it's a couple things. One, I think we've got a clear direction. I think Director Coast and other members of the leadership team in particular have done a really good job of showing this is where we're heading. You know, our mission is, is we're going to help create greater opportunities for Missourians to prosper. I think almost all of our team members can recite our mission statement. I think that's been really, that true north, I think really resonates with people. And I think a lot of people are able to connect their job to that mission. So I think that's really important. I also think we've got some leaders who do a really good job of empowering their team to make decisions, ability to make decisions that we have, there's a question on the QPS, the quarterly pulse survey around um, the ability to make decisions and, and that's gone up as well. So I think, I think those are two reasons why our, our team's really engaged right now. Okay, great. Uh, one last question before we officially wrap it up. 
since you uh, were talking about the QPS report, just so the listeners have a better understanding of what we're talking about, what was the origin of the QPS and you know, why are we using this quarterly poll survey and why is it important? Yeah, so I can't tell you the exact origin. I think it's been around since 2019 or so. So I don't know the origin of it, but I can tell you what it does is it, it surveys every single team member across state government and every single agency. And it's the same questions every six months. And so what's great about it is we can compare how DED scored uh, to like an engagement or motivation or, or views on leadership. We know how our team members scored a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. And then we can also be compared across agencies and how, uh, how does DED compare to the state as a whole? I think it's a very valuable tool to just, again, getting a pulse of how our team members feel. And so if there's anything that you've heard today that you want to learn more about, please feel free to reach out to me. We've got a, just an incredibly strong set of colleagues in strategy performance who want to serve customers and lend any expertise that we have. So, so just let me know if we can help. The question I usually end all these on is the department's motto is helping Missourians prosper. So the work that goes on within strategy and performance, how does that help fill that motto? Yeah, I'm going to sound like a broken record. Uh, we are a, an organization built on folks you'd like to serve. And so our goal is to help our DED program leaders, our division leadership, and just executive leadership just really uh, be more confident and effective in, the, in their decisions. That's why we're here. I think that's a great uh, spot to land on. I know it's a very busy time, Paul. It sounds like you're super busy with all these strategic initiatives that are happening. So I appreciate you taking a little bit of time to sit down and speak with us. All right. Thanks, Eric. Thank you for listening to this Inside Eco Devo episode featuring DED Strategy and Performance Division. To find out more about what's happening in the Missouri Department of Economic Development, including current programs and upcoming opportunities, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And if there's an economic development topic you're interested in hearing more about, well, then let us know by emailing your questions or comments to ded.communications at ded.mo.gov. You can also comment directly on this episode on SoundCloud and wherever else podcasts are found.